Hello and welcome to the No Pressure Podcast. My name is Adam and I'm your host. Today's guest is the host of In Their 20s, a top-rated business podcast in the world that helps young people in their 20s get advice on what the business world has for them. And it has guests such as Steve Wozniak. He's also a creative and on the executive team at Inside.com. Ladies and gentlemen, Landon Campbell. Landon, how's it going? Going good, man. Thanks for having me. It's always fun to be on the other side of the table. (laughs) I know. I have some questions for you. I was like, I'm going to ask him this, but oh, he asks people this all the time. So I love this one. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I'm excited to have this conversation. And uh, yeah, how are things up in Chicago? Cold, very, very cold, especially being born and raised from uh, California, where I was just at this past weekend. It's always uh, it's it's tough dealing with the winters here, but it's it's a good city. Have you been? Yeah, I've been a few times. Yeah, okay. I'm currently in uh, Wilmington, North Carolina, and there's supposed to be some kind of ice storm coming through here tomorrow. Crazy. And all the grocery stores are bought out of everything. Yeah. Um, the whole, the whole thing is just nuts, but you know, we make do. We so do. Uh, just, you know, just to give our listeners a little bit of background on you, why don't you uh, just kind of tell them who you are and uh, what you do? Yeah. So as you know, my name is Landon Campbell, uh, originally from the Bay area. I just shared that as well. Uh, went to DePaul university for college. So moved to Chicago, knew nobody, had no friends, no family here, like most college kids. But, uh, you know, I was just really eager to get out and kind of figure shit out myself. Um, So I ended up having a lot of internships when I was in college as a way to, you know, of course, get paid. That was like the most important thing. But most importantly, meet people, um, you know, build a resume. Because going into college, I had no resume. I had no idea what a resume even meant. Um, Ended up graduating with 10 internships, which I know is a little excessive, but it just really allowed me to meet people, learn a lot. Um, and kind of figure some some important stuff out a little early. Yeah, absolutely. And for the younger people who are in college right now, you know, internships are super important. Just trying as much stuff as possible is kind of my MO whenever I get asked, you know, oh, I'm in college, what should I be doing or not be doing? And I was like, when I was in college, you know, I had different jobs. I was had like three internships in different fields at the same time. I was like, yeah, one of, one of these things will be attractive to me and the other ones, you know, it is what it is. And eventually things kind of na- get narrowed down and you figure it out. So that's awesome that you kind of went through that same thing there. Thanks. And I'll even add to that because I agree 100%. I think that a lot of times we just want to focus on what we love early on before we even know what we love. And, you know, I think my perspective with school was like having these internships. I took a lot of jobs where I knew nothing about it. You know, I knew nothing about the industry. I didn't know if I liked it, didn't know if I didn't like it. I think sometimes you got to do the shit that you don't like to figure out what you want to do. Um, so I was the same way. I worked at law firms. I worked at, um, you know, in retail. These jobs were. You know, I had no idea if I wanted yeah. to do them long term, but I figured it out that I didn't want to by uh, doing it. Would you say that you had like one moment where you kind of were like, this is exactly what, where I want to be at and you figured it out? Or was it just like a progression of smaller moments that like kind of steered your path for you? Um, yeah, that's a great question. For sure, the smaller moments um, have led me to, you know, where I am today, but I know we're going to talk about the podcast also during this podcast, but uh, it wasn't until I got to actually create something myself um, to really like understand what I want to do uh, with my future. So I think that, um, you know, I've learned early also that what you do is really important. You know, having the specific job title on your resume, trying new things, I guess, you know, try a lot of stuff. But I've recently learned that it's not really all about what you do. It's also what you create. Um, so it doesn't always have to be a podcast. It can be anything. If you want to create, you know, a video company, if you want to create a tutoring company or like even a resume uh, building company for people in college, you know, it doesn't have to be large scale, but I just think it's really important for young people to create something um, and take ownership of your own life. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think a big part of creating anything is consistency. And that's one thing I wanted to get into with you because when I was looking through the podcast before this, I absolutely admire just how consistent you've been with putting episodes out. I think you're north of 60 episodes now. How do you kind of stay motivated to keep putting them out, you know, keep outdoing yourself on that content front? Of course. Um, thank you. I appreciate the kind words. Uh, north of 80. We just hit 80 on Monday oh, wow. as well. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but I remember when we hit 60 and that was even a big accomplishment. Uh, man, I, I just, you know, with the podcasting game, there are so many podcasts out there. There are over 3 million podcasts and um, it doesn't matter if it's a podcast or any other type of content. It doesn't matter what you're doing. It doesn't even have to be creating content, but I just think the most important skill that people need to really uh, learn is the art of consistency. Um, and, you know, it doesn't have to be weekly. Yes, we release episodes every Monday, but the same could have been if I did it every other Monday, you know, once a month. Just find a schedule, find something that works for you um, and don't quit. Even if the, it's really difficult at the beginning, um, you know, when we started, we got so many rejections, numbers, as you know, you know, are not what you want them to be at the beginning. But if you are consistent, if you do focus really early, uh, that's when the magic starts to happen. Yeah. And I think that even in my very short podcasting career, I've kind of seen, you know, the same thing where after you make that first episode, you're like, okay, I'm on to the second one. But after a while, you start to, you see the wall that you can very easily hit because people start saying, oh, I'm not too sure I want to be on that. Or, you know, like you said, the numbers aren't what they are. And one thing that we talk a lot about on this podcast, particularly, is having tunnel vision to absolutely everything around you when you have a goal. And I've found that for me to be probably the most successful thing that I've nailed kind of kind of narrowed down just because when you're focused on one thing consistently it's like yeah you're getting all these notes on the side but you still have to keep that head forward and you know that next straight so it's pretty uh admirable to kind of see that same thing and see it in action because you know you're proven concept that consistency will work and you know just keeping your head down grinding it out will work so you know great job there definitely i can even add to that too because um i love the point that you make on tunnel vision i um i had ev williams on my podcast um a few months ago he was like one of the co-founders of twitter founder medium um and he really spoke about the art of focus you know we all want to solve the world we all want to like really you know (laughs) fix these really large issues we want our companies to grow and become really large things and we all want to make a lot of money and help a lot of people but as much as it's great to dream about that and have a long-term vision you need to focus on the day-to-day because if you don't take care of what has to happen today then you'll never get to accomplishing the big things that you want to fix and want to do uh, with whatever it is you're doing. Um, So I just think that you really need to focus early on solving a small, small problem for a small group of people. Um, And if you're able to do that every single day, then the problems will grow. The amount of people you're helping will grow as well. The audience will grow. Um, But that all starts with focus at the very beginning. And I know focus can be very difficult because we do have so many distractions. This person's working on Web3 stuff. I want to jump over there. That's interesting. This person's talking about this new thing that's out. I want to try that. Um, But, you know, and that's what focus is. Focus is really just it's time management. No matter how many exciting things come around you, um, even if you think that you'd be able to kill it doing something else and like you'd be so good at doing something else, focus is focusing on that one thing that you are already focusing on. And once you nail that, once you do that, then you can move on to the next thing. Um, but, you know, we always see these people that want to take on too much at one time and 
that's where the term master of none comes. Um, because, you know, if you're taking on too many things, then you're a master of you know nothing because yeah. you're focused on way too many things. If you want to be a master of one, which will actually get you places, you need to really put just strong focus on one thing, almost obsess over it. Um, and that's how you're able to really find success with stuff. Absolutely. On my side of things, you know, I own and operate a digital marketing agency and I find that it's so easy because especially when you're in a saturated field, it's so easy to get caught up in, you know, what everybody else is doing. Like, Oh, that seems like a good idea. Mm -hmm. And I find that the only thing that really does for me at the end of the day, when I get to that point of like, Oh, this person's doing this, I should look into this is I just wind up behind where I should be. If I, you know, stay where stayed on the path that I was at, didn't get distracted. So, you know, you definitely want to be the master of, like you said, one small thing. And that small thing will grow and grow and grow as you kind of improve at it. So super critical there. And so, you know, in the topic of mastery and just kind of growing your brands and all that, where do you hope to take the in their 20s brand? Because you have now it's a full blown brand. You have interns. It's a well rolling podcast. You have some crazy guests on there. Where do you want to take it as just an overall brand? Of course. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I'd, I'd be lying to myself if I come on the show and say that, uh, um, you know, you can't think about stuff long term. Like, no, I, I still have plans and big goals and objectives that I want to cross within their 20s. I want it to continue to grow. I want to be able to continue to help people out, give them the best advice from the best people, because that's been the mission since day one. Um, I will say that we have some very exciting stuff in the pipeline, uh, some stuff that I haven't shared publicly yet. But um, right now, yes, I mean, you know, the the focus is just on really today, um, continuing to make great content. We just created a newsletter recently we have a guy that's uh, creating great content for our newsletter um you know have aspirations to build a community as well um so yeah just baby steps right now man just continuing to bring good valuable um authentic content to the platform since day one not everything's perfect obviously and you know we're still i like to say that we've barely just scratched the surface even though we've had some really cool people on the show um and the reason why i can continue to stay um you know grounded and just dream big at the same time is because I'm focused on today. Always. I'm focused on what I'm doing today uh, before we get to next week, before we get to next month. And especially before we get to next year. Yes. That, uh, you know, that 10 feet in front of you headlights mentality is huge. And that was a piece of advice I received a long time ago that I didn't really understand until very recently was if you're driving down the road and it's dark outside and there's no street lights, you can see a hundred feet in front of you. And after you go those hundred feet, you'll be able to see a hundred more feet. And so with business and just kind of growing your own brand is the same thing where you can see your hundred feet in front of you. And as you go forward, eventually you'll be able to see the next hundred feet, but it's getting through there and getting through that hundred feet with the brand, like on the long-term side for anything is crucial and so having you know you have those goals that like these are my now goals these are my you know three month one year goals and you have your 10 year down the line but you have to get through to see those totally. and we can, so, we can talk about goal setting as well because i know that that's a very difficult thing for people to understand yes. like if i have this goal like how do i know once i've accomplished it like how do what do i have to do to get there so i use a principle called um, okrs objective key results um, so I'll use like creating a podcast for one, you know, that, that's a large objective. Like I want to create a podcast. A lot of people right now listening probably want to create a podcast. That's a big goal. That's a big objective. But like, what are you specifically doing? What do you have to do to create a podcast and do it efficiently and effectively? So that's where the key results come in. So again, it's objective key results. 
if objective, if the, if the big objective is to create a podcast, you need to have actual like tangible goals or key results attached to that objective that you know you can just cross off that will get you closer to beating that objective. So if I want to create a podcast, I know that I have to speak with X amount of people per month. I know that I have to spend X amount of hours um, on YouTube looking up audio, software, tips and tricks, etc. cetera. Um, I know that I have to have X amount of pieces of content created per week for my podcast. Those are things that you can actually like almost like a checklist cross off. And that's a principle that a lot of famous entrepreneurs and CEOs and executives have used to reach their objectives. Because um, when you get to their level, you have multiple objectives. It's not just one, it's multiple. Like, you know, we got to reach this milestone. We got to recruit this amount of people. We have to uh, create this product. So how they don't get super overwhelmed is they're able to actually write their objectives down and attach these key results to them. So they know like, okay, if, I, if this objective needs more work, it's because I haven't crossed out any of my key results yet. Um, so I just think that you got to be really, really um, specific when it comes to beating these objectives. And um, that's what I use whenever I have uh, big goals that I want to, I want to crush. Yeah. And with goal setting, that's interesting that you brought it up because that's something that I've just been thinking about a lot recently too. I think that there's a very fine line of how you set your general goals because on one hand of things, you hear a lot of people talking about, oh, you set your goal, you know, too small and you hit that goal and you stop pushing versus people who will set these astronomical goals. And then to a certain extent, you never feel like you're quite getting there. You, you lose motivation that way. And so for me on my goal setting, whatever it is that I'm doing, I always try to find that balance in the middle where this is a lofty goal, but it's attainable because of proven concept. Mm -hmm. And that's my formula. What do you do on that side to make sure that not that your goals are realistic per se, because I don't really like the word realistic, but just, you know, not lofty to the point where it's just going to end up in, you know, disappointment and lack of motivation if, you know, you don't get there as fast as you want it to get there. Of course. Yeah. So I spoke earlier about like having, you know, that one thing that you can focus on. But um, as I mentioned, you know, a lot of these CEOs have multiple goals. I think it's okay to have multiple goals. And for example, when people come to me asking, like, where do I see myself in five to 10 years? Like, I don't have that one specific thing. I instead have multiple buckets um, of, you know, career choices and paths that I might be able to take um, and be interested in pursuing. And uh, everything that I do today, though, I just want to make sure that's always in line to get me to one of those three things. Um, so either it's continue the podcast um, and grow that into a media brand whether it's, you know, maybe uh, dip my toes into the venture capital world and become a capital allocator. I have a few other buckets as well. Um, and, you know, by having in their 20s right now, by growing the brand, um, by having a team, I see a clear path to get me to either um, or either one of my buckets. Um, so I just think that you need to be really intentional with what you do as well. Like, um, we don't always need to take things to the finish line. You know, if, if you feel like something, a project or whatever that is, has run its course, um, and you can pivot into something even bigger, like, you know, that's something that you can totally do or, you know, vice versa. If you want to take something all the way, um, get acquired one day, you know, by another media company and like, you know, see, um, kind of see all that you can get from something that that's a path that um, one can take. I just think that you need to like have that conversation with yourself, be intentional that, okay, what I'm doing today um, and that, that long-term thinking is okay. In my opinion, like, are what you, is what you're doing today in line with what you can see yourself it can be, it doesn't have to be one thing, it can be multiple buckets um, doing in the future. 
Yeah, and you said a very interesting word that comes up probably once per episode, but uh, pivot. Mm-hmm. So let's talk pivots. You are ultimately kind of on the path more towards doing what you want to do now. But like I said, you know, you said earlier, you had those 10 internships during college, you had all those jobs and you really just tried to find yourself. And with every person, especially people involved in any kind of just creative or entrepreneurial industry, I find that there's, you know, defining moments where you have the option to kind of take a route that would be deemed safer by some and a route that's a little more risky. And you have to make that pivot to kind of figure out which way you want to go. And I don't think mm-hmm. there's anything wrong with going either way, but that is a choice that a lot of people are faced with. How did you navigate that choice and, you know, keep your head on straight as far as, okay, this is what I want to do. I want to try to go down this path instead of taking a more, you know, conventional per se. Yes. Route. Yeah. No, I, I always rather take the big risk um, than taking the safe route for sure. Um, and I love this question so much because I've, I've lived a lot of this, um, you know, what you mentioned, like before college, you know, before we even get to the internships, um, I'll tell you that I was heavily involved in theater. Um, I was directing, I was playwriting, I was even occasionally acting. Um, and that was my safe bet. You know, I was really talented in it. Uh, I built a strong network within the uh, theatrical community, um, was looking to pursue that, you know, post-grad as well. Um, and you know, that was my safe bet, but, um, going into college, you know, I moved into a new city. I knew nobody here kind of had this quarter life crisis. I thought it'd be really, um, best for me to take the skills that I gained from theater and like put it towards something else, which would be, uh, you know, kind of the startup life, the corporate lifestyle, um, and kind of figure out there. So before you pivot for sure, another thing that you want to be intentional with, you want to ask yourself, what have I gained from this past set of experiences? Like what actual skills can I then transfer into, um, you know, another line industry, whatever that is. So if I were to go from theater to race car driving, I'll just give you two like very opposite things there. Not many skills that I probably would have been able to take from theater and put towards race car driving, but theater to corporate. Well, let's break down some of the things that I got doing theater, you know, for as many years as I did public speaking skills, communication skills, um, teamwork, um, you know, writing, of course, directing. I mean, directing is literally all about, you know, having a vision, being creative. There were a lot of skills that I took from theater that I was able to put and be successful at these internships with. And the same goes from these internships to the podcast. I had built all these wonderful connections, um, you know, in my young career. Um, I was, became a preternatural networker. Preternatural just means doing stuff at a obsessive level and, uh, you know, being really, um, good at it. Um, and I then said, okay, like what, what, what's the next pivot that makes sense? And a podcast where I speak with influential business leaders about their twenties, um, seemed like a really good pivot from there. So if it were a podcast about like, uh, I can't even think of like a random podcast idea, but you kind of get my point. Like if you're going to move from A to B, um, you always want to extract the skills from the previous thing. Know what you've gained from the previous thing. That's why reflection is super important. You know, like write it down. Like literally like, okay, like I had this three month internship. This is what I learned. These are the skills that I gained. Um, if you're not reflecting, you know, after experiences, if you don't know what you've gained from something, then what's the point of even doing it in the first place? Um, You need to really be intentional with what you're gaining um, from these experiences, because it's going to really help with future pivots. Right. And I think that those pivots will come 
easier like you said you know as you kind of go through things and you figure okay this is for me this isn't for me you your road becomes narrowed down because i think somebody who's driven you know especially early on will start on kind of a way where it's like all right you know i have all these opportunities in front of me where do i want to go and then you Mm -hmm. go down one road and you're like okay it kind of becomes a little more narrow and to the point where you're like okay these are my final you know not final choices but these are the choices that more closely define me than the choices I made when I was, you know, 18 mm-hmm. years old. And so making those pivots for me has been huge just because of all, you know, all the opportunities and everything that you're kind of faced with, whether it's on a micro scale or a macro scale, I think that the way you look at it has to be the same. Now, that might not require that same amount of overall effort to try to get through it. But I think that it requires the same thought process where it's, okay, I've already been through this. This is what I learned. And this can be, like you said, this can be applied to this. Like my Mm -hmm. second internship in college was in tech sales. And, you know, I'm not, not a big tech guy. It's something that, you know, I'm around it all the time. And I've been thankful to kind of work in the field and work around people who are in the field. But that taught me that like selling, you know, selling software wasn't my thing, but I was able to kind of extract that and say, okay, I learned how to sell something. Even though I don't sell software, now I can sell something. And then, you know, I start this marketing business and I say, oh, wait, that was actually useful. Um, and so, like you said, you know, reflecting and internalizing those skill sets that you're introduced to is going to get you further than just saying, all right, I did my, you know, three months here. Now it's time to forget about it for the next two years until I actually exactly. like, kind of figure something out. Exactly. So, you know, on that topic, I have to ask you, since you ask everybody else this, what advice do you have for somebody who is, you know, just getting started with whatever that passion is and how are they trying to develop that passion to that full-time, you know, hunger and drive? Totally. Um, I have a lot of advice for 20-somethings. I mean, you know, yes. I've been on advice overload, but uh, the one that I usually... Uh, resort to and uh, go to first at least um, is the art of not fearing failure. Um, and, you know, because your question was about a 20 something that was wanting to start something, and you know, like really get past, help, you know, grow their passion and let that passion become a purpose. You know, maybe they want to build a podcast, which they're doing for fun right now, but they want it to become a full-time thing. I think that no matter what you do in life, you just cannot fear failure. Um, I had 10 internships, as I mentioned, but those were also, you know, 500 rejections, you know, from jobs that I didn't get. I mean, you know, that people don't want to talk about. And as for all the guests, I've been able to interview some awesome people on my podcast, but I've also been turned down from way more awesome people. Um, so I just think that no matter what you start in life, if you go into it with a, you know, with a fear of failure before you even start, you know, like this is not going to work. Um, this is going to embarrass me. This is a waste of my time then you'll, you'll never even reach the, you know, full, um, you'll never even see it, you know, grow and flourish. So I just think that if you go into it with an attitude more like this can be a learning opportunity, no matter if it does win, if it does fail, I'll learn something from this. Um, that's a winning attitude that can really help you a lot in life. And I've had many, many business ideas that I've tried to execute and they just fail miserably. Um, and I'm so glad for those experiences because it, they really helped me with what I'm doing currently, um, and su- succeeding with. So I think that, uh, you, you can't be afraid of failure. Um, instead use that nervous energy, um, positively and just push forward and get started. Right. 
And I think that going off that, you know, myself, I think I had six business ventures that absolutely ate it before I had one that like poked through enough where I was like, okay, this is something that could Mm -hmm. be sustainable. And I think going back to what you said, the fear of failure limits the ability to take overall risk. And Mm -hmm. I think, you know, when you fear, okay, this outcome could be negative and you're so entrenched, like you said, in the fear that you don't try you're missing out on, yeah, you know, it could realistically something could blow up in your face very easily. Like this could not work out, but if it does work out, you'll never know. And one thing that, you know, I always say is like the feeling of regret is more powerful than fear. You just might not feel it yet. So in the moment, I I add something to that? Cause I love that. I love that so much. And this is another piece of advice um, that I got from one of my guests and you just reminded me of it. Um, Yes. I, I, I think a lot of people on the subject of fear, um, and like the reason why people don't start things, they always call it, you know, risky. Like, you know, this is very risky. I could lose money doing this. You know, I can lose pride doing this. I could use credibility doing this. Uh, yes, there's a lot of financial risk in starting something, but there's also a lot of spiritual risk in not starting it, uh, which you just spoke to. So, you know, if you don't start something and never start it, um, that can really hurt your spirit. You know, that could hurt your future. You never know what could happen. So, um, you know, people only look at that one side. They look at the financial risks and other risks that I mentioned, but look at the spiritual risks that you're missing out on uh, by not starting something that can really change the world, change your life, um, and just grow into something that you could have never even believed it growing into. Right. And you're so in those moments, like when you have that fear, you get to be so entrenched in it where it's like, okay, you know, I'm so scared and you're not thinking, you know, five years, well, what will this fear turn into? You're thinking, I'm, I'm too scared to do this. I don't want to take this risk. I'm out. Versus the thing that I think people should be afraid of is the feeling of regret that comes with not doing mm-hmm. something. I think that's way scarier than, oh, I tried this and I didn't work out. And now, you know, people might not like me as much. Or I tried this and I didn't work out. And now, like, I'm, you know, I don't have as much money as I did six months ago that's been something for me where it's like, I'd rather, you know, I'd rather not be scared of overall regret there. Totally. Yeah, no, that's a great way to live and great way to live young as well. I mean, like to know this while we're young is really important because then it just changes your perspective. So I'm trying to coach as many people as I can and really let them know the importance of, uh, you know, not fearing failure, uh, but then also like uh, taking the right risks when you need to take them. Yeah, absolutely. So real quick, this is the No Pressure Podcast. I do have to ask, how do you, obviously, as a creative and as an entrepreneur, there's a lot of pressures that come with everything. How do you deal with, you know, pressure? Um, hmm, That's a good question. How do I deal with pressure? Can it be like a physical thing or does it have to be, um... you know? whatever helps you kind of get through those moments you're like everything is going on at once and this is horrible type deal where like how do you how do you deal with that yeah um so i've had a crazy past two weeks you know we've had some restructuring in my uh inside.com uh some it's all positive and i love working at inside um but you know it's just more responsibility on the plate for sure and uh i'm not a superhero so there's always you know things you got to figure out you know you got to find your rhythm and stuff and so there has been a lot of pressure, you know, recently. And how do I deal with pressure? I mean, you know, just 
I try not to keep it bundled in. You know, I try and talk about it as often as I can. You know, if it's with a friend or mom or dad or whatever it is, it's good to hear things aloud, even, you know, if it's you talking to yourself and writing stuff down. Um, I just think try not to keep things bundled um, as, as often as you can. Um, I asked if it's if it can be a physical thing because, you know, I enjoy going on walks. Um, it's scientifically proven that if you sweat in the morning as well, um, you'll really remove a lot of anxiety and remove a lot of, uh, you know, stress that you might have during the day. So I always try and run, um, not even try. I mean, I'm trying, I'm running every single day now, um, just in the morning, um, inside because it's freezing, but, uh, you know, I'll run on my treadmill and that helps a lot. And I have felt a little better. Um, even though I've still been stressed, I don't even want to imagine how I'd be feeling if I wasn't sweating in the morning. So I think that that's a really important thing to do as well. Um, and you know, number three, I'd say, um, it's just continue to know that everything you do is and has an opportunity. Um, you have an opportunity to learn from it. Um, and you know, really just try your best to be a little easier on yourself as well. Um, that's what I constantly tell myself. Um, yes, you know, there are high stakes there and here and we have responsibilities and we have things to do and, um, you know, life's only going to continue to get busier as we get older. But um, if you just realize that no one out there has all the answers, we're all trying to figure this out, this game of life. Um, and it's okay to make mistakes, not okay to make repeated mistakes, but it's okay to, you know, make mistakes as learning opportunities and um, to give you opportunities to grow as well. Um, I think that also is a, a way to release pr pressure for sure. Cause there's always going to be pressure. I mean, there's, I don't, I don't have, I don't have a secret to say, you know, this is how you remove pressure from your life. If you want to, if you want to get rid of pressure, don't work, like don't make money. I mean, you know, I mean, yeah. <laughs> if you want to, if you want to earn, if you want to grow, if you want to do amazing things, then there's going to be pressure. Um, but how you deal with the pressure is very important. And again, reflection, uh, physical, um, stuff that I mentioned for uh, the second one and for number three, just uh, trying to take it, um, you know, just not knowing that the stakes have to always be so high. I mean, that's how you release pressure. Absolutely. And I think, you know, going off what you said too, one thing that I've seen a lot of recently that I don't necessarily think is the healthiest habit personally is we have a lot of people, especially with the internet being so accessible, who are like, oh, you know, this person works from 3 a.m. to 8 p.m. every day. And it's like, yeah, but, you know, if you do that without 20 years of training and gradually getting into it, you get to the point where you, you know, you'll burn out and you'll get stressed out much quicker than that person who's been at it for 20 to 30 years. Yep. And so dealing with pressure on that side too, is like, like you said, you know, just take it easy on yourself. Like listen to your body, listen to your mind, unplug if you need to unplug for a day, but you know, just stay focused and all that. So, you know, that was awesome. And Thank you, I man. think a lot of people really appreciate that. Of course. So, yeah. I, I try and help when I can. <laughs> Landon, why don't you uh, tell the listeners and everything where they can find you, social media, websites, anything else that you want to shout out? Yes. All right. I got a lot to share. Um, so okay. let's start with my personal stuff. It's Landon20s. That's L-A-N-D-O-N-2-0-S on Twitter, Instagram, 
Um, you can probably type it in on LinkedIn and you'll find me as well. Um, as for my podcast, because I have two shows now. So <laughs> I have In Their 20s, which airs every single Monday morning, interviews with the most successful people about their 20s. People like Steve Wozniak, Ev Williams, Jason Calacanis, the mayor of Miami was on this week, um, and some really exciting guests coming on that I can't even share information about yet. So yeah, I mean, if you want to hear what the most famous people, celebrities, athletes, uh, world-class business leaders were doing in their 20s, uh, tune into In Their 20s. That's in their 20s.com. We're on Instagram, Twitter. Um, no apostrophe, yes. It's just in their 20s. Um, and then I have a new show for all of those um, finance students, the current venture capitalists that are interested in how money moves in the world called Venturing in VC. I'm sitting down with venture capitalists to talk about their daily routines, their journeys, and their best advice as well. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a practitioner of advice. I love sharing other people's advice and being the middleman there. Uh, so I'm the advice guy. Um, and Venturing in VC also is a great show. Speaking with some really, really big guys and uh, women as well in, uh, in the VC field. Um, and I think VC is pretty, uh, it's relevant to everybody. You know, you don't have to know a lot about the space. But, um, you know, if the conversations I share with venture capitalists cover a lot of things. Entrepreneurship, um, you know, personal branding. Um, how to raise money, how to spend money. So it's a really good show. That airs every Thursday morning, um, and it's Venturing in VC. Absolutely. And all those things we've linked in the description of this episode, too. Definitely go over and follow Landon. Landon, I want to thank you so much for coming on the No Pressure podcast today. Until next time, everybody, thank you. Adam, thank you.